it's Paul and Shamina and welcome back for another week of Head Boss in Charge. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Everything and nothing. But how you bossing? I'm trying to beat you uh, too this time. Oh damn it! Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Everything and nothing. I am going through. Well, I reached this realization several months ago with my therapist, but it's coming into fruition in all parts of my life now since it's my new framework of viewing my life is things are in congru- not in congruence, right? So I have these internal values and skills and things, and it's not matching or aligning with uh, the output or things that are coming to me. So whether it's the work environment, whether it's the job, maybe it's friends, maybe it's events I'm going to, maybe it's what I thought was my interest is not really my interest. So I'm just noticing there's, I have like this split, split, split Paul. <laughs> you were going to say split personality. <laughs> I was like, going to say, yeah. Like, that's, and it, it's frustrating. And a, a little bit, a little bit of this is going to come out at the end, but I'm just... It's like really showing up in work where, gosh, I just, I am in this place where, you know, I'm a high performer and this is what I'm offering the organization. But, you know, when you put so much work into something, Mm -hmm. obviously you're going to be a little tired, right? Yeah. But the expectation is still high and I'm in this place where it's like, I, I know why you know, performance may not be at peak, right? Because I'm not getting back anything from the organization that's supposed to sustain me a little bit, right? Okay. They're, just, they're very lucky that I'm very self-reliant and I have, like, the internal resources to still go. But one thing that I realize is that, well, if I'm still going and they're exhausting this really precious resource, which is me, then where's the return, right? Where's the return investment of the organization and me? So that's rubbing that's rubbing against my values right now, and I don't have the, the people okay. in place to see it. And it's like, of course, you're not going to get what you get because you are you are wasting a precious resource. And you know, other than money, that's not the only thing that's going to keep me alive and sustaining. Yeah. So now I'm coming to the organization trying to figure out, okay, how can I re- realign what I'm feeling inside with this output that they're not really seeing. Okay. It's very incongruent and I need to get back there because um, I'm realizing, oh, this is why people get really jaded in yeah. organizations is that they they don't see the place where they can go and say, this is what I need from you. And it's usually not money because there's not an amount of money that can really satisfy human beings. Money being. can help though. Let's just... <laughs> money can help. I was like, it can ease But a it's, not, yeah. it's, it's not, not helping my... Uh, this this energy right that is really depleted right now so you know someone told me well that's just the um that's what leaders have to sacrifice i'm just like if this is even, what leaders have to sacrifice then i don't mm-mm. want anyone i already gave you three years of my time without complaining about one thing and not even showing you where i fell but um even the best of leaders need help even the best of leaders need a little fuel so i'm asking you for the fuel because if you want me to last longer, because I'm a resource, I'm just like any other organism that gets tired, you need to invest in me in a different way. And that's what I'm basically telling them. So you've got a lot going on right now. I, I it have almost a lot sounds going like on. you're going through like a growth spurt. Like if I were to liken this to like you're going through a period of growing, and that doesn't mean um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're growing out of something, but you're growing. Uh, I was gonna say, but you're growing out of it. But like you are expanding perhaps beyond or even in some areas within 
your organization and your life mm-hmm. and who the people in your circle are. And that's neither good nor bad. It just is. But there's yeah. a, it sounds like you're going through a growth period right now. It definitely and is. So I think some of those things can really open your eyes to be like, what the hell? Was I paying attention all this time and I didn't know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. I just thought of a kid like growing out of clothes. And you, you've got to get more. Like, you don't let your kid go with like high waters for the most part if you can help it. But you, have to, you find a way to get them to fit into things that work for them. Yeah. You no. Know, so there's a give and the take. They're showing you visibly, like I don't fit in these clothes anymore. So then you, as a parent, this is this turns like a took a turn. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like when I think of a growth spurt or a growth period, like there has to be adjustment on both sides. Like you've got to communicate as an employee, like this is what I need. But then your employer, there's a level of responsibility. Like you're communicating this so that you can get the help or the support or whatever the case may be. So like they've got to meet you, mm-hmm. so to speak, with those larger clothes and the things that fit. Yes. You know. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at, and it's uh, it's a little painful right now. I'm not going to see the benefit of it till later, but I feel like now I'm I have the language to mm-hmm. express this frustration that I think I inappropriately was blaming myself for a mm-hmm. lot. I think going back to the clothes example, like clothes that don't fit, it's yeah. painful, right? Yeah. And you blame yourself, and it's like no, I'm just growing. Yeah. That's a good this, analogy. This is just... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and of course, I was going to throw in a random Oprah quote, but I won't. <laughs> I, I screenshot Oprah quotes. And there was one... I'm lying. Let me find it real quick. It was uh, pretty short. Um, it was about specifically about work. And I was like, oh, Oprah, bitch, get in my life. Mm. But also get out of my life because I don't want to hear this shit. I want you to be on my side. While you're looking for that, like you saw Oprah's uh, Oprah's museum, yeah, basically, basically. it's an Oprah, Oprah museum. Yes. Like, it, like just use the word museum. I think they're using a different word. Is it in the Smithsonian? The Smithsonian, yeah. Oh. And she just saw it for the first time last week. And I talk about being a bad bitch. Like, oh what my the gosh! Hell? And you're still alive to see it, anyways. Um. <laughs> so the Oprah quote says, "She says she allegedly says I didn't see her say this. We just have it attributed to her. She says your job is not always going to fulfill you." Some days you might not feel like going to work at all. Go anyway. Remember, your job is not who you are. It's just what you're doing on the way to who you will become. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, Oprah, this is why I kept the quote. So I true. love her. I need a folder in my phone. And that, you know, that's, hard. that's so hard to like remember and believe when sometimes all people have is the work to define who they are. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of those people who, you know, they're 70 and they have all these accolades and... They tend to be folks who are probably still single and like they just that's their drive and they but they still feel like they have nothing to show for despite mm-hmm. the accolades and I think it speaks to that. Oh my god, at one point we're gonna have to do and then I'll do my thing so that we can uh, keep it going. Um, Andre Talley. Um, yeah. I have not seen the documentary. Is it a documentary? Uh, doc- I'm not sure it's how they labeled movie. it. Yeah, it's a documentary movie. Um, but I read the New York Times article. Um, like the week that it came out and now I'm like I need to go see the movie Mm -hmm. but that to me is an example of someone who has all of these accolades and all of this stuff and like what does he have to show for it now and it was a really like empowering story on one end but then you kind of hear where he is and like the way that he feels about his community like the fashion community and it's like well, damn, like you gave all of this and where are you now? But anywho, yeah. I haven't seen the, 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 the film, so mm-hmm. I just read the article and I was like, ooh, shit. Yeah. You know, it's one of my 6 a.m. reads when I'm awake. Don't want to get out of <laughs> and bed. I'm still sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how you bossing? Um, I'm good. Today I um, had a race, the Across the Bay, I think it's called the Across the Bay 
415k it is not 415k it is a 5k and a 12k so a 3.1 and a seven and a half 3.1 miles seven and a half i did the seven and a half it was good um i re i constantly remember how much i value running by myself because i mean it's me and several hundred other people but like i can be in my zone like i don't have to talk to anybody like i was listening to a mix of music on the really hard part and then podcasts on the rest of it so it was good i was so tired and i'm like a little extra chocolatey right now because it was sunny because we run mm. across the golden gate bridge and i don't i don't wear a hat or a beanie um so it's just like me and the sun so i know when i finished i was a little chocolatey and salty because i don't drink enough water um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, these are things I know. Because <laughs> then I went into Trader Joe's afterward. She's like, did you just have a race? I was like, oh my gosh, I have like a line of salt, don't I? She's like, mm -hmm, you do. And I was like, well, Wait, yes, it, please don't charge me for the bag. And so she didn't. Is it typical that folks, <laughs> it, like in actual races, they listen to music and podcasts? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know why I find that surprising. I think because it's an official event that like you should be in the zone. That's and, what they say. Like yeah. the elite runners, they're like done by the time I'm at mile one. So they're like focused on like listening to their heartbeat and their the pace of their cadence and all this other shit. Okay. Um, and I need a distraction because I don't want to hear my heartbeat or myself breathe hard or other people <laughs> breathe hard because really like on occasion, like I'll have to like, oh, I need to like skip the song or I need to like go from music to podcast. I got to stop for a moment and I can mm -hmm. hear people like, huh, huh. no shade to them because I certainly yeah, on yeah. occasion am there and definitely when I first started was there, but I don't want to hear that. I want to hear music. Um, my ratchet, like, 90s, early 2000s music. Um, they say you should turn it down, like, enough so that you could hear traffic or people coming. Um, but we were running on the side. So, like, yeah. if I was going to get hit by a car, me hearing it coming is going to be worse. I'm like, just surprise me and, like, smack me. Um, but if, the, if it's something we're running on the street, then I will turn it down a little bit, like, at the intersections and whatnot. But I'm also looking around because, number one, I'm a black person in this country. So I'm like, who's coming out the bushes and shit? So I'm looking around all the time. Um, but yeah, lots of people are doing that. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm running, if I happen to be running with someone, I'll be like, okay, so this is the part where we stop talking and like don't engage with each other, but tap me if you need me, let's stay together. But you listen to yours, I'll listen to mine. Um, so that was good. It was a really uh, good race. It was beautiful outside. Um, other than that, I'm about to go on a business trip and then go on uh, vacation a short like family vacation destination none of on business i'll share it when i get back um but looking forward to doing that oh. um i'm slightly distracting myself away from work so i'm glad to be away yeah. and to not have that because that yeah but overall i'm doing pretty good yeah. i'm apparently a little chatty this is cider number two because <laughs> um, i had cider with breakfast because yeah. i needed to replenish all of the um, the energy that I burned, and my my coach says that either beer or cider is not a terrible idea because it's like a rush of carbs. Oh, I know, right? And that's why a lot after a lot of races they have like a beer mm. tent. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, like almost yeah. every race that I do, they have a beer tent, but they're like it's to kind of help, kind of a blast mm -hmm. of replenishing. I mean, you also want to drink, you know, maybe right. you want to drink after. Well, doctors mm -hmm. better be careful with what they advertise because any window. <laughs> People are gonna abuse that, yeah. You know? Even though he said a little, yeah. but people will. Oh, this is not yeah. my doc. This is my coach, like my oh, trainer. Coach, yeah, right. but, <laughs> no, it just reminds me of those instances when they're like, "So wine is healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. One glass of wine is healthy for the heart." But people abuse those yeah. facts. <laughs> so. And AA meetings are full. <laughs> so.
All right, so we're back for Water Cooler Talk. Um, today we have a guest in the studio. Um, <laughs> that is your house. Yeah, the studio. Um, throwback to, what is it? Uh, Heaven and Tracy. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I know, me too. This dude. This dude. So I um, want to take a moment to welcome Kareen Levy. Yay. Um, <laughs> it's like I just I, met you. I know. Um, I messed up my last guess's last name, too. Um, so I'm not even going to pretend to do the introduction. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll roll into the topic for today. Sure. My name is Kareen Levy, as you mentioned. Um, I am, what am I? I'm a Bay Area native. I work um, at a startup downtown in San Francisco, and I have a podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like cross-promoting. Um, I, I have a, a wife, and she is about six and a half months pregnant, and so our podcast Yay. is about our IVF journey. And it's called The Gayest Show on Birth. Gay. It's yeah. also on my <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm super happy to be here. I'm really stoked. Thank yeah. you for inviting yeah. me into the studio. Yeah, right? Got lots of sun <laughs> as opposed to other studios. Yeah, it's yeah. all dark. Dark, right. <laughs> right. No, those are shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem, what, I don't actually know what your job is. So I don't I, need to, We don't need to know the company. Sure. But. So it's okay. Um, I, I have a journalism background. I've been in the newspaper business for a really long time. I worked at CNET for a really long time. And now I work for a company called Scribd, which is an audiobook and ebook subscription service. And I, um, but they also have news and magazines. And so my job is to curate all the news and magazines. Like I'm the head of the news section of that. So yeah, so I'm an editor, basically. You're a head boss, got it. (laughs) And Scribd does, I feel like Scribd has appeared to me because of my interest in podcasts. Have you, has that company? We haven't done podcast. Well, we kind of did podcasts, but we're not there yet. (laughs) But um, we do, if we also are, are, big business and how we started was um, through document uploading. So you might have seen um, people like uh, other web companies embed the Scribd like app or whatever Mm -hmm. into their into like a news story or something with a document that they uploaded like a PDF Okay, and we have sheet music. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's why. Oh my god, I knew. Yeah. So it's like books, audiobooks, sheet music, and docs. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because whenever I'm trying to look for sheet music for my music, uh, theater musical auditions, Scribd is always comes yeah. up when I search for like. Yeah, we have like a lot. Like we yeah, have some. That's what it was. Oh, well, great. That was yeah. like the there's like three ways to know about us, like either books and audiobooks. Me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I'm like talking about it, or yeah, or sheet music and docs. So yeah. Happy. Awesome. Happy to be here. So today's episode, we're going to spend a little time talking about money, um, kind of the psychology around money, why it's easy, why it's hard to talk about money. Um, and yeah, I don't want to like preface this too much. So like you have whatever expectation that you want. Um, but um, I know just a little background. I have like what my, some might say is a bit of an unhealthy obsession with money and trying to acquire it. <laughs> I haven't acquired as much as I wanted to, um, but I'm always thinking about the cost of things or how do I make my money grow? Why has it not grown more? Why am I not in the position that I, um, honestly, I didn't even think I'd be in this position like way back when, when I started my career. Um, but how do, how do I get to where I want to be financially? And so I think about those things a lot and how to move my money around and like, why is it growing here? And like, how do people like, for a while I was on this fascination kick of like Bitcoin and like, how does this work? 
Like I've watched all these videos and what the hell is a ledger? Like where's a Bitcoin? Hand me one. Um, so, <laughs> exact opposite. Right. right. Um, so I find myself constantly trying to consume information and understand things about money and wealth um, versus being rich and like what's the difference between those two things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my thing is. And I know Paul and I have chatted a little bit offline about it. Um, so I will preface this for myself saying it's a little, um, it's a little vulnerable to talk about money. I'm not going to give my salary or anything like that, but it's just, um, to talk about money is like a really personal thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like my mom never said, don't talk about this except for who you voted for. But, um, but like politics, religion, and I feel like money is one of those things that people don't really talk about. Except I've noticed, cause mind you, I have, I, I have a diverse friend set and, I never, you know, contribute to these conversations, but I know that the <laughs> conversation only comes up when there are white men in the group. Because mm. I have friends who like talk about these things consistently, but they're white men, oh, and I never wow. notice my uh, male friends of color or female friends ever willingly bring this up. Or maybe we're talking about pop culture; it leads to money, but yeah. we stop there. Like we don't talk about ourselves. So. Um, when it, I definitely resonate with that, but I also pick up on that nuance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's actually kind of unfortunate that it is such like a taboo topic because I think we can learn from each other. Like when, mm-hmm. you know, when you not like secrets of the investing world, but like if you found like, a, <laughs> you know, even as generic as like a budgeting app that you like, like you can, mm-hmm. you know, share. Go ahead and give us the plug. Oh my God. I love my budgeting <laughs> app. It's called, you need a budget. It's called, or why now? Yeah. And yeah. So it's, you know. I think by talking about things like that, especially at our age, when, you know, when you read like random articles that are like, by age 30, you should have saved like yeah. half of your salary. And you're yeah. like, are you kidding? Like, I can't yeah. afford <laughs> like, like six lunch. months of salary. Yeah. Like, just by, like your emergency fund. And I'm like, what the yeah, fuck? or put away like 10% of your thing in, yeah. in your 401k. I'm like, if I did that, I would, li- I would have zero money. So, yeah. I mean, part of that is living in the Bay Area, granted, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, Absolutely. argue with that. But I think like, I think it's. I, you know, my parents are from Israel and my, and I think it's a very, it's a cultural thing too, because my parents are, my mom especially is very like, Hey, like, what does that person do? Oh, how much money do they make? And it's not like, oh, as wow. taboo, you know? And so mm. it's like, that's like the third question on, in, yeah. that Israelis ask each other. Like, Oh, she must be doing well. How are you doing? Like, and it's not out of a place of judgment. It's out of a place of curiosity and n- not necessarily like, basing their success on how much money they're making, but probably a little bit kind yeah. of, and just yeah. to see like, oh, well, how much money does a doctor make? Or how, you know, just getting like a clearer picture of the person that you're talking to. Yeah. And of course your finances is part of your picture. Um, and so I've always struggled with like, you know, my mom being like, oh, you have a new friend. What do they do? How much money do they make? And me being, <laughs> you know, I was born here. I'm first generation here. And I'm like, I don't know. That's so tacky. Like, right. I wouldn't yeah. ask that. You yeah. know, my mom isn't like asking people that, but it's just part of the conversation and other in that culture anyway. And it speaks to like, we have all these stereotypes and this, and these are positive stereotypes, but you know, the stereotype yeah. of like the Jewish community and money. Um, we think about the Indian community and their uh, entrepreneurship in the States. Um, you can also link that to China and their yeah. entrepreneurship and money. Um, so you can step away from race or nationalities that yeah, have sure. uh, that have this inbreed of knowledge, right? So 
this you've hit like all of the questions that I had. Oh, that's no. okay. So, <laughs> no, that's fine. At least um, they were good questions. Right. So let's maybe start with like um, I think we've all kind of hit on like the kind of touchiness of talking about money, but why do we think that is and that exists? So I, my my question generally is, why is money so emotional? Like why do we get so wrapped up and we keep it so close to us? Like we we can't share it. Like if I share it, then it, so it's going to go away or somebody's going to take it away or something like that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Easy. Oppression. I mean, money was the thing used. It was the only, really, while everything was psychological, that was really the one thing that separated all of us, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to look at your history and think about how was money used to push me out? And when we tried to get back into the community, we thought, okay, how can we get money mm-hmm. so that we could be equal? And then when I think about slavery and black history, like, like hmm, we have this, you know, the whole hustling mentality, uh-huh. right? Where we know that money is going to come in and t- be taken out right away. So let's devise tactics, right, to <laughs> maintain that. Yeah. But I'm going to be very secretive about it, not let the white man know that I have that, um, but still have enough so I can, like, get my way through society. So I, I think... At least for, I can only speak for the black community that it, it was you just... You speak for all of us. Okay. <laughs> Through facts. Through facts. I was like, okay, now tell me, please. But, apparently I missed the last meeting, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was last weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it can be sensitive. I, I th- I'm speaking from a historical framework, mind you. I'm not speaking for personal. I'm going to get to the personal. Uh, but... Uh, but this is this in, um, is linked to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I I'm gonna get passed down some sensitivity from my parents, right? That's my first example of how I look at money. But uh, that's yeah, that's kind of my reason for sensitivity for the black community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you know I'm I'm a woman. I'm a white woman in tech in the mm. tech industry, which has its own like set of like you know, biases and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and I think only recently are people starting to be like, you know, no, you should say what your paycheck is so that when your next yeah. job, then you sh- won't get, you know, screwed over. And, you know, I know there's like a spreadsheet that goes around to like some of the top level women in tech where, mm-hmm. where they each oh, write what I their job the is, wow. what their job is, where they work and what, you know, how much money they're making so that they can know when they're going into that job or when they're interviewing for that job that they can know kind of what the baseline That's is. Awesome. So that if it's like below that or something that they're being, you know, passed over for some dude. Um, the sensitivity part of it, I don't know. I think it's just because it's personal because we, we tie our success in life and in the world to how much money we have, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. And so then, you know, if you get a loan from your parents or something like that, like it makes you know, it may, might make you feel like you didn't um, work for it. Mm-hmm. Where in, that might not be the case. Like maybe you were just fortunate enough to get a loan from your, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's. I'm really trying to separate like feeling guilty sometimes, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I feel guilty sometimes. So maybe my sensitivity comes from, from feeling like um, not as successful or that I needed help. Mm-hmm. You know, from family. Yeah. I kind of went in a, in a big yeah. No, no, no. Well, followed the whole time. Your example um, uh, reminds me of a different framework of thinking that I try to remember in these situations, which is the ego versus the id. RuPaul, mm. RuPaul is very mm. well known for speaking about yeah. it. And it's just a framework of thinking. It's like you can relate it to anything else. But what you're talking about 
this, um, I'm just going to say mankind, womankind, it's this thing we've created. It's this ego saying, I'm not as successful. Mm -hmm. Um, that's getting in the way and that guilt is the id, right? Yeah. So, and that's regardless of race, color, anything like in this capitalistic society, that's what we've, we've given permission for the ego and the id to take uh, to make that a priority for us. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I can hear both of what you are saying. Um, I think one of the sensitivities um, or emotional pieces around money is comes from like a guilt and a shame because of where and how I grew up. Like, um, I don't know. I'm not going to categorize it. Like poor food stamps, government cheese, all that stuff was part of my growing up. But then now I'm not in that place anymore. And I've moved beyond that for um, uh, in a number of ways, like working through school and making a commitment to myself to like not be in that position. So there's for me some, um, one of the reasons why I don't talk about it is because there's a guilt that I carry from like when I go like back home to see the rest of my family. Um, there's this, like I am all almost always with the exception to a few people, like I will almost always pick up the check, like whether or not I have it, because I know if I don't have it right now, I'm gonna get it real soon and I know it's coming. So there's a stability in like, I know this amount is coming on this date and I know that I will have money to like kind of redistribute there to cover for what I overdid. Um, and it's usually not even an overdoing, overdid last time. But there's there's a guilt that I carry and that's why I do that. With my mom, it's different. Like I'm always gonna do, like I'm always gonna work to take care and like supply for my mom. Like when she comes up here, like I know she brings money, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like all these years that you gave to me, like the very bare minimum I can do is like, you know, help you live your best life while you're on vacation up here. But yeah, some of that for me is feeling a guilt of like, I'm doing better than, significantly better than when I left or even when I go home the few times a year that I'm able to go home. Like there's a guilt that I feel like, like I should cover the cost of fees or I should like give my mom, like like we'll go grocery shopping before I go. So she's got like food, not that she doesn't have food and doesn't have resources and whatnot, but I know how well I'm doing in comparison, like just looking specifically at the dollars. Um, so for me, there's a guilt in that. What's interesting is Ooh, for, that was a lot. for me, my, my guilt feels kind of the opposite. And this is going to, so I grew up not totally, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area. My parents are, I'm first generation here. They immigrated here. They worked really hard. My dad worked at a limousine company. My mom worked retail, you know, like they didn't go to college. So they were hustling too, struggling. Like they tried to invest in different things and, you know, just trying to make their money. And I, I'm an only child. So I was, you know, it was fine. It was fine. (laughs) But like now that my parents, you know, then they owned a business, they're now retired. They, you know, invested in some properties. Like they did pretty well for themselves. Now I feel guilty because they're still helping me out sometimes, Mm -hmm. even though I make good money, even though I work in the, you know, in the area. So then I have like the opposite guilt where like, they're like, here, let me, let us help you pay for that and it's such a privileged like fortunate thing that they're able to do that for me and I feel so privileged that they are but I also feel guilty about it and yeah. like I'm 40 years old like what are you doing like you don't need to but then You're I'm like, also like I got it yeah I'm like I got it you don't have to do that but like for them it's almost like that's how they're you know mm-hmm. taking care of their family yeah. still mm-hmm. like till you know till I and yeah. I can say for all three of us like we're not gonna like I try to always separate like what's the guilt I'm just putting on myself and what's the guilt I deserve and all three of these examples like we're not gonna know 
that situation to lure parents ourselves, sure. right? Yeah. Like, and you're months. close to being yeah. there, right? <laughs> so then you're like, you know, I'll in well, 20 I'll come years, yeah, 20 years. But in it, in money, I think that plays such a huge factor. Like, you know, how our parents perceive money, how we perceive money, and then when we get into adult adulthood, what is that relationship like? And you know, I just had a conversation yesterday with someone around my age talking about the same thing he says like I owe my grandmother this this of me because she took care of me and I asked well how do you know that's exactly what she's looking for like how this thing that you're owing is coming from a place of guilt and I like that's great I think you're giving something good back to her but you've already given back what she yes. okay. right? Yes. You're yeah. already given back, but you're, you still have this ball and chain. You're still going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his grandma probably has, like, no idea that he's right. thinking. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it was a really yeah. good conversation. Yeah. Well, and that type of stuff is never going to end. If you're, like, I'm trying to, like, quote-unquote, pay off this huge-ass balance. First of all, you're never going to pay it off because you likely didn't pay for so many things from, like, zero to X. Like, if you even just start with, like, your birth at the hospital, that wasn't free. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you're probably still Write it paying, down. Right? And so, I hear you when you say yeah. it's, you're trying to, like, pay off this balance that will literally never end. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even, and my parents have definitely loaned me money because they were able to do so and I needed them. And I'm paying them back. But then in the meantime, they, like, bought us dinner the other, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. So, you're like, so like I'm still ledger. giving them a check every month, right. you know, yeah. to, to pay back this debt that I owe them you know, interest-free, thank God, I'm very lucky, but, <laughs> but, you know, but then in the meantime, like, they're still doing other stuff, so I was like, should we just, like, trade? Yeah. But no, like, that's this, and it's, like, compartmentalized, like, a legit money that they, owe, I owe them, and then, like, this other stuff is just, yeah. like, They're like, we want to do this, like, yeah. yeah. It's easier to have one check at dinner than two. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so do you, let's see, what would you say is your, do you feel like your relationship is to money? <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I wish I had more of it. Yeah, right? It's like this fuck boy <laughs> that I like to have fun with. You know, fool around with. But I come back home, it's just me, myself, and I. I don't owe him anything, but I will play with him, you know, get what I want, and then ignore him. Yeah. Because I know he's, I know him for what he is. So okay, that's that's okay. although comical, that's my relationship yeah. with him right yeah, now. Yeah, I was like, can, I mean, have a different. I mean, they each, each their own, different places in life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um just you know I I'm this is gonna be a hard episode for me to contribute to. So, yeah. Um, gosh, my relationship with money. I I wish I were I have this budget I have you know I have like a schedule of when I'm gonna pay everything off I just wish I were a little bit more just a little bit better with my money mm-hmm. um so I th- I mean I is it Jewish guilt like is that what I'm feeling <laughs> I don't know is it I, I know, know. Like, everything I'm like I just feel guilty all the time um I think it's I I have a decent I have a fine relationship with money I think mm. like I think I'm okay I think I'm I'm getting to where I need to go um. And not living like, like I, I'm living a little bit above my means, but I think it's like still within reason for what I can afford, which mm-hmm. is just a very recent thing. Okay. Um, I've gotten there. Like it took me years to get to this place. Um, before I was living like way outside of my yeah. means. And then that's, you know, why I need my parents to loan me money. So, <laughs> you know, for credit card debt. But, you know, but now I'm finally like um, getting, 
I'm at the level of my career. I've been doing this job for like 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like get to where I need to be to like finally feel like I'm satisfied with my life and I'm not totally like going broke. Okay. Okay. Maybe once I hit 40, I too will be at that. Oh, you have like Um, a year. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) sorry, you're an app. Call her out. Months. <laughs> um, I would say, let's see, my relationship to money. I think um, for a while it was um, unhealthy feels like an overstatement, but I, I was so obsessed with like thinking about it until I kind of developed a plan of like how to like, I could start to see like goal wise, I want to be out of this at this point. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I can't even remember who it was, just being out of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um, were we talking about this yesterday? Okay, just mm-hmm. kidding. We were... Oh, no, we were, it. yeah. Okay. I, I was saying how I, I felt for you when oh. you made that announcement that you paid off your last yeah, loan. Yeah, like... I was just Oh, you like, paid off your last loan? Oh, like a few years ago. Oh, okay. I woke up oh, thinking I, I paid off my loans. Yeah. That's how, how much I was living through you. <laughs> um, but to be, like, in that space where I don't have student loans, like, now my, like, my debt is credit card debt, and it was all, like, my choice. Like, that's the thing that I pay that I'm, like, annoyed that I have to pay, but I'm like, oh, but I went here and I did this, or I bought this. Um... But now that I'm at a place where I have, I use the you need a budget thing. I'm finally like on board with that. Oh, this um, makes me so happy. So it's been helpful to see. Um, and I've, yeah, it's, I feel like I have a plan now. And so before I was just spending and then looking at my bank account and being like, okay, is this enough? Like, am I be okay? Like, and I don't want to have like $20 at the end of the month. I've never had that low, but I don't want to be so low at the end of the month that I'm like, okay, I guess we'll eat the beans in the cabinet. Um, nothing wrong with the beans. We bought them for a reason, but like, I want those as a choice as to, as opposed to like, this is what, this is what we're having for dinner. Um, so I think once I wrapped my mind around developing a plan and staying committed to like bringing down this debt and saving in, in these ways, um, like now I, I have more money to like throw some stuff in investment stuff that's not my 403b which is really edu- 401k for the education sure. um world um and i can do other things and like actually be mindful and pay attention and like not stress about what i that i don't have the, what i want at the end of the month that's what i think is so awesome about you need a budget is that it's like before you need a budget for years i just had a spreadsheet and it was like mm-hmm. i get paid X amount of money, and then my rent comes out, my credit card comes out, my phone bill, my gas, and then yeah. here's what's left for like fun, yeah. Yeah. fun, yeah. But like not really. And so you need a budget. Is like help is like no. It's not just fun. Like now you can put five dollars to save toward this, and now you can have five dollars to you know for your fun money and ten dollars for your dining out fund. So then mm-hmm. you know you sep you like separate it ad nauseum. Like and yeah, then you have like a thousand <laughs> it's a little categories. Mm-hmm. But I've saved like a thousand. Like we saved cash to go on our vacation you know what I yeah mean? yeah so, like when you have a plan I think it really helps you like see it not just like on a day-to-day month-to-month basis I check mm-hmm. I still check my bank account every minute of the day even though I know it's in there now yeah you know it's just like that's a psychological thing but like once you have a plan that is like working for you it, it helps like alleviate some of the stress even if you don't stick to it always yeah you know which is I'm guilty of for sure. yeah ditto I think the other piece of relationship is like there's an accountability that I have with um, wife, um, but then there's an also like an accountability that for me is important to have because I can like I can rationalize anything to myself mm-hmm. like anything yeah. that I say mm-hmm. is gonna make sense to me because mm-hmm. I said it, um, but then I like when I have to say it out loud to someone else I'm like 
oh, you know what? I really shouldn't. I should probably go ahead and return X, Y, and Z. And I don't, I don't tend to buy a lot of clothes. I tend to piss money away in other ways. Um, but yeah, being accountable in that way has been, like, has helped my relationship with money. Number one, knowing that I'm going to probably need to talk about it with someone or I'm going to bring up even if I have made whatever quote unquote bad decision or bad choice with my money. Um, knowing that I'm going to talk to somebody about it that can give me another perspective that's not me. Um, has been helpful in, in navigating the relationship with money. So it's less of a like we're in a we're in a fight. It's more of a okay, let's let's talk it out and let's like communicate about it. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I've been thinking about recently. Is um, I, I I mean, there's a point, and I haven't reached this point in a relationship yet, where yeah, money comes into play, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think in American culture, there's there's a lot of layers that need to be separated because you could walk into a relationship where someone uh, value associates money with character or maybe they associate mm. money with a different aspect of the individual and when I think about those things I think okay so I think I can easily delay relationships because I know like oh maybe this person might judge me incorrectly for I, I think money can easily be a personal thing even though we know it's it doesn't define like who someone is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, th- I think the relationship thing is complicated, and you know, thinking, <laughs> it's I, like a Facebook said, it's, yeah. it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, and may, other cultures probably don't like you know. I think about these celebrity relationships, right? And money is usually the thing of their downfall, mm-hmm. but that's only because in America we associate it with A, B, and C when maybe yeah. it's not really the case. And then in other countries or um, cultures, they treat money or maybe they raise people to think about money very differently. It's such a twisted psychological thing yeah. and it can hurt yourself or the other person. Yeah. Well, when you said that, that, just thinking about other countries, having done like very minimal travel like abroad, um, I was just thinking like as I'm walking around, like when we were in Thailand or in South Korea, I was like, I wonder if people here stress about money the way that I stress or that people I know like in the United States, stress about money or think about it, you know, as of course, everybody looked all happy and happy go lucky or whatever, but I don't know what their, you know, stuff is what's going on with them. But I was wondering, like, I wonder how other countries view that and where they place, where they place value. You know what I mean? I just saw a headline the other day. I admit I didn't click through and didn't read the article, (laughs) but the headline was, um, was something like, the Netherlands or one of the places that's like the happiest in the world, like they're Netherlands survey, sounds about yeah, right. they surveyed as being the happiest in the world, and then it was like, yet they're it's also the most expensive. And I was like, did you just like prescribe what they're basing their happiness on? Like, why can't they be happy and it be expensive there? You know what I mean? And I yeah. was like, do people in the Netherlands are like, I'm so happy and it's so expensive? Like, they probably are just like, I'm so happy, yeah, and don't care about the money part. But like in America, in an American newspaper, they were like. They're so happy and it's so, but like, how is that possible when it's so expensive over there? And I was like, what are you doing to them? <laughs> like, yeah. leave them alone. Right? Why are you like assigning your like, you know, structuring your happiness around how much money you have to this like mm-hmm. poor country? Granted, I don't read the article, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, that, the title was very Yeah, that headline yeah. just kind of like struck me as like such an American headline. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. It is. How yes. could they possibly be so happy when it's just so expensive to be there? And I was like, what are you But that's our about? value. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes back to the guilt thing. Like, you know, maybe like I think about how we treat people who are homeless or poor. 
right? Mm, mm-hmm. It is so negative here because we're in a society that values money and money is le- leads to success, right. who you are as a person. You could have that same phenomena possibly somewhere else, but they don't have the shame or guilt, right, right at the people who are homeless or poor or whatnot because yeah. maybe money is not the, at the pinnacle of success, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it, yeah, it's just really interesting to think about it that way. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I think we've exhausted my questions, but of course I came up with 17 more, but I only asked <laughs> three. Um, so let's look at the tangibles. So <clears throat> what are some things that you, um, perhaps ways that you man- manage money or that you have tips in terms of like, I think one of the guiding articles that I gave, like just that made me think about money is like something around saving, which was a tinge unrealistic, um, but the article is about three years old at this point. Um, but what are some of the, like, maybe some tangible tips that we can share with folks around, like, navigating money, talking about money with other people, um, growing our own money. We're not, like, you know, the budget nista. Shout out to the budget nista. Um, but maybe some tangible things that you can share. Or, like, pitfalls that you've had that are like, hey, maybe don't try this because I tried it and it sucked and it didn't work. Um, so don't try. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm still on that spreadsheet life. And I'm so done with it because it's to the point where I'm not even using the spreadsheet it's anymore. It's so taxing because it's I so have. so taxing. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, i got to get into this Excel right. shit. Da, da, da. Yeah. And this is it's just hard. within the past. Like, I have spreadsheets going back to 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, very accurate documenting. Like, I would save every receipt, do all of that. Now that my life is more complicated and... I'm not getting what I want. Um, I'm de- I definitely just downloaded You Need a Budget. <laughs> oh my God, great. Um, I was like, you're being so sad. They are not a sponsor. <laughs> we're not so a sponsor, you know. but they're not yeah. one yet, but we're available so, for it. Right. I can, like, I am, like, a, I'm proselytizing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I go around and, like, shout from the rooftops about yeah, how great it's it is. So, you have to, like, yeah. figure it out, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I just yeah. went on the homepage. Oh, and yeah. As soon it's as I lot. see all these tabs with yeah. menu options, I'm like, oh, yeah. gosh, yeah, I need a no, night once to you get into digest it, like, this. Well, because the first month, I was like, fuck this. This is hard. Blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't find my bank on there. But then it turns out I needed to... I needed to use like the computer, the like the desktop version of it, as opposed to my phone. I was like, oh, uh, oh. So like yeah. the setup part was easier to do from okay. a desktop than the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah anyhow. The, the now mentality of it is just like putting. You get a thousand dollars, let's say, and you put money into envelopes that are assigned to different categories. Oh, they call this. Um, there's this like this new uh, trend, like micro budgeting or something along those time, hmm. uh, lines it's there's an um another science of oh, saving gosh. on the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> called macro yeah. something so like at the beginning of every month there's a budget amount and then the amount like so basically you're pulling from these envelopes yeah every month i've definitely yeah. heard about it it's coming up a lot in my readings and, it, and it's nice because it's yeah. not rigid so if you over let's say you went out to dinner and you spent a little bit more than you needed to mm-hmm. you are you also had money in this like other like your groceries fund, yeah. like oh, I need to cover this with my groceries fund. Now I can't go to Safeway. Right. See, that's more it's like visible. Weight Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. It's like points. Yeah. yeah. It's like points. I've never really. I've tried Mint and yeah. .com. It's it mm-hmm. never really. Mint is yeah. future projecting. Yeah. yeah. This that's is the dealing thing. with money yeah. that you have right now, and it's just like a mentality. You know, a mentality. What, a mentality. Yeah. What you're into. But it's so helpful because um, to just to be on the you need a budget thing for just another second. Maybe they'll sponsor this. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm. Hello. Hello. Shout out. <laughs> um, like number one, they have a lot of online tools. I think there was a day that I watched like 
Oh, they do yeah. like live workshops. They're like 15, 20 minutes. I think I did like five of them in a row because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't doing anything that afternoon. Um, it was like a Sunday. I think I was texting uh, with Kareen and her wife. And I was like, another one, so much so that the guy in there, because they're like, introduce yourself and where are you from? You're just typing this in. And like, Shamina, welcome back. And I was like, hey. <laughs> they know me. Um, they uh, have an audiobook on Scribd, too. I know, I saw mm. it. <laughs> they have a podcast as well. Yeah. Um, but it was so helpful to see that and like to see it real time. Yeah. And just one of like their principle, like one of the four principles is give every dollar a job. Mm-hmm. Mm. So like you budget every single dollar. So, like, I even have, like, I couldn't figure out where to put some other stuff. And I didn't want to, like, over-budget in food because I didn't want to get used to that. So, I have, like, a un, like I think an un, un, unbudgeted or unaccounted for just line for those things that, like, like, my mom was here. She needed some batteries for her, like, little blood sugar machine. So, I just, mm-hmm. like, put it in there and I put a little note. So Now, when you do all of this, do you find yourself, like, um, does it do enough work where, like, if you're at locations, like, are you always, like, pulling out your phone? Or does it give you enough confidence to kind of log it in your brain so that when you go out to retail locations or Both. things, you just kind of know it? Both. Yeah. Or, like, before you go to the retail location, you check your phone, you're like, oh, I have $200 to spend on, mm-hmm. you know, fun stuff. So I know I'm going out to dinner tonight. I know I have to go to whatever tomorrow. So I only have, like, you know. It's, yeah. And once you do, yeah. because we're checking it yeah. <laughs> every minute Incessantly. of the day, like, I know what's in there mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have to but because that's what I would want is yeah. eventually for this to lead to a lifestyle where I'm not always checking because I'm not yeah. like a yeah I, I don't I'm not saying like you have neurotic personalities with that but I I want to live a lifestyle where that's the point I if I'm gonna invest in a product I want it to change the way I think about with, things yeah and not rely I, on a yeah. piece of technology to tell me what to exactly. do exactly yeah so like I know like when I before we go out like even last night like going to we went to um a live podcast show um I knew like before we left I was like okay so we can probably have one maybe two drinks while we're there so I checked it before we went home and I was like so long as we don't go over this amount per drink and I looked at I'm a person, I like to see the drink menu before I go to see if I want anything. Um, I knew that going in and I was like, okay, this would be approximately the amount of tips. So it's, it's forced, it, I don't think it's forced me. I'm a planner by nature, but it has helped me plan like how to spend my money. So I'm not out there being like, you want to drink and you want to drink yeah. and you want to drink. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a shot. And you then know? if you do do that, yeah. you know, in the back of your mind that you have this like other Exactly. You can move right. the money around. Yeah. But it's mind like, you, most people who have done that don't know what, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. what exactly. their max is. Right. right? Yeah. Or even I started to like pull out cash because you can account for where the cash goes because it'll um, it links to you can link into your bank account and I have my credit card on there so I can like mm-hmm. the projected date of like what I'll be paid off if I you yeah. know don't really spend anything else on it and I don't need to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even seeing that because it links to like anything that you purchase somewhere else or if you get out cash. It shows you like this needs to be categorized and you need to put it somewhere. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. That. It's like, oh, is this out of your fun money or your dining? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it links to those those things there so that you see it. Like I I just opened mine. I have four things from like the last two days that I need to account for, and I knew what all of them were. I just once like once we're done for today, I'll just categorize them and like put my little note if I need, if I want to put a note. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. So anywho, sorry. Off that was my know, so that was my pitfall. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. I don't even remember the question. Uh, like tips yeah. and yeah, tips. Yeah. Well, yeah, the the, bud, the spreadsheet life. Yeah, yeah. I just so got up off. Don't it. do it, y'all. It's just I think hard. it's yeah. But it's like I feel like it's like the first step into yeah. even knowing yeah. what you're doing. Definitely. Like when I was, you know, my first job when I was twenty, whatever. Like or my first like job out of college, mm-hmm. went career. Um, <laughs> you know, I would I wouldn't even know. I would just put my money in. I had like zero bills, you know, that was yeah. like before credit cards got to me, but um, 
you didn't need it and then it was like oh i should probably keep track a little bit and that's mm-hmm. when you enter into the, it's like the gateway yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so rigid though because i'm like yeah. every time you have a receipt now i gotta like if i go like three places i got three receipts mm-hmm. here and then i gotta sit down and be like okay let me put it it became cumbersome yeah um, one, because uh, I don't really have a lot to offer because I'm on yeah. the I'm humbling myself yeah. up with being on the receiving end early in my career. But one decision I made that's helped me that I've been not a huge advocate for for other people is um, uh, my health savings I account. Knew it was, I was like your HSA. My HSA, I've basically eliminated an entire really important budget line from my income, and it's different for it. Really depends on the person because maybe medical expenses are not even a factor right so you're not even spending that money but I've been able to um, my employer has a, a Blue Shield of California high, um, high deductible HSA mm-hmm. plan where I have pre-tax dollars and that I get to dictate go into my account every month but once a year my employer commits a certain lump sum of money that also gets dumped in and it's a, quite a significant amount of money so I don't have any insurance, health insurance being taken out of my account after the fact. Mm. Um, but I am choosing a small amount to go in every month. And the money rolls over year to year. It accrues interest year to year. And it still exists after I leave the employer. Oh, that's really mm. nice. So my HSA is a just a debit card. And um, after you know my insurance gets taken out of medications, hospital visits, I can just use my debit card to pay for those things. Mm -hmm. I can even um, use it for in-network or out-of-network. Mind you, in-network is lower Lower. cost. Uh, And then, um, like for example, my therapy, taken out of my HSA. It's a a viable service. It's out-of-network, but it's still viable, and Mm -hmm. I can deduct those expenses. Um, And I never even have to think about it. I have this money kind of growing, and I know like the dollar amount. Um, But now I think... Uh, it's been a couple months. Um, I've been taking these webinars through the HSA because mm. now I can elect to see how I can make it grow even more mm. money. Because the really point nice. is, when I retire, a lot of the times retirement can't really... Um, can't afford to retire. Like, right. <laughs> right. Because you have just living and then you have the medical expenses that have grown mm-hmm. associated with your age. So now I'm trying to figure out well, I'm not going to be at this employer forever, and I don't even know if my next employer will have an HSA option. So how can I invest Mm -hmm. so that I have medical expenses covered in the future? So I'm really proud of that decision. Um, Yeah, so I definitely recommend it if it's an option, and if you work in HR and know you know organize benefits for your company like look into this plan like and share it with and share it because it's such a small percentage of folks at my employer use it um and i've been giving feedback to the hr people saying like yeah it's like changing my life currently and for the future so that's awesome and kareem before you go i would um venture to um Say that you are, while you don't feel like you have a lot to contribute, you contribute to really good things. And I think it's a journey that it's on. Like one is like recognizing that the spreadsheet life may no longer be for you. I think that's awesome to be able to say that and to share that with folks. Because I think, 100%. yeah, I think, um, you know, of our millions of listeners, right? Um, that people, probably a lot of people are on that and they're like, this is the only way, like, this is like, this is what I have to do. But like hearing someone and communicating that number one, I think is helpful. And number two, um, your willingness to share, like even the HSA part, because I know that you, you and I talked about this when you first got it, and you were excited about it. You know how many people probably don't even, they just picked like 
the default box of their like whatever insurance is just to make sure they have something and don't look into it so mm -hmm. while you may not think you do you represent a population of folks who are learning and growing in that area so keep sharing. You got things to especially contribute. if you're early in your career yeah. or you're, you know, your career. Your career. <laughs> 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 okay. Yes, Thank but yeah, you. no, hundred percent. There are no bad contributions. No, no, at, at all, all, ever. Oh so, gosh, tips. Tips is YNAB, man. Yeah. Get on the train. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think you know. I it's hard when you hear like Susie Orman and she's like, put this aside and yeah. that aside, or don't pay for this or don't pay for that um i guess credit cards are really hard but mm -hmm. they're so necessary because that's like the easiest way to build credit and in this country you need a decent credit yeah. score to do anything i think um a really good tip is to start building your credit early as young as you can but don't obviously don't go overboard if you can pay off your credit card every month that's ideal credit cards love you they'll you know grow your um a credit limit. Credit limit, you know, every year. Yeah. Um, if you are uh, a dependable spender, but, you know, try not to run them up. And I know that's so easy to say, especially living yeah. in the Bay Area, like where everything is a million dollars. But I think um, I, that is one thing that I did. I have a credit card that I had. It was like, I'm like a charter member of this credit card. Because <laughs> like it was when I was, I don't know, um, 22 or something that I opened this credit cards and I still have it. And Same. so, you know, so my, my, I have a really good high limit on that card and a good credit history because yeah. of that card. Even if I, you know, my debt has been fluctuating, I'm not an ideal spokesperson for having <laughs> debt, but I think one thing that I knew early on is that credit is very, unfortunately very important in this country. And so when people say like, don't even have a credit card, I don't know if that's, ideal yeah. yeah but if you can have a credit card and use it responsibly then you should look into doing that if you know yourself and you can't use it responsibly there are other ways to do it where you can get a credit card that builds your credit uh, yes. like a debit it's is it like a secure it's a secured card where you put in money at the beginning yeah. of the month so it's basically works as a debit card and mm -hmm. some companies i think maybe discover will report that to the credit bureau mm -hmm. oh, wow. they do. and that will help your credit obviously that's a game changer a, yeah, yeah having a, but but you can use it as a um if, especially if you use have low credit, credit yeah. and you don't and you can't get a credit card because they won't issue you one that's a very good entry point into yeah. the credit card world and you can't overspend on it because once it gets to zero then you're They're like yeah. no not yeah. this. so yeah. i mean if you open a credit card and just put it in the drawer or spend very little you know mm -hmm. put one put your phone bill on it which yeah. you know you have to pay off every month like just to get your yeah. stuff going that's a very good way to yeah, build your credit. I think that's an awesome one that folks don't talk about. Um, I'm in this Facebook group. Um, I'm on, since I've you know I'm trying to re reconfigure how I think about money. Um, so I'm listening to there's another podcast called the Brown Ambition Podcast. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here, um, but the Budget Nista. Um, it's like Fashion Nista, but Budget Nista. <laughs> um, it's called Dreamcatchers. Um, I'll make sure you get the the mm -hmm. at least the link to the Facebook group or how to find it on Facebook. Um, but they talk, a lot of people talk about like their credit score is like 450 and yeah. like, how do you build credit? And there's so many people chime in on like those secured credit cards. Um, because if you don't, like, it's so hard to get things done or like to like try to get a car or try to get an apartment or things like that. If you don't have, like, if you don't have a credit history, because yeah. putting it in a drawer, you're not doing anything to like boost and like prove that you can. That you're a reliable spender and someone who's reliable to pay stuff off. That's exactly right. Um, and I think um, 
I don't know if you have any more tips, but that's, I think that's one that people forget. Cause I, I know I've shared that with my family who or pieces of my members of my family who were like, well, I don't have credit. And I was like, well, try this. Yeah. Because they're not really good. It's your money that you're putting in. So what are they going to be like? No. Um, right. But I think Discover is an awesome option for like building credit in small ways um, that people don't, so that they're not helpless. They're like, yeah, yeah. I, I there's this company that my a startup that my friend works for, um, and it's it's for the clientele are um, is not people in the United States. It's for people who live in Africa. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. of I I wish the United States had uh, this mentality of this non monetary mentality of how to build credit. So what they do because you know a majority of the um, their clients are from underdeveloping countries in Africa. Uh, it's a, this it's microfinancing. So they just put in their phone number, email, whatnot, and uh, basically it takes it analyzes like all their text messages, like emails, like in a way that's private and whatnot, and it gives you a credit score based on your relationship with oh my gosh i've heard about this in i think china they're doing this right and because these folks don't have anything to show like their because at the end of the day that's what a credit score is we give it's just trust and your ability to spend and build and whatnot and unfortunately now it's like the statistic that is linked to you forever and your social security number but um it it, i i just really jive with that it's a a different way to build trust it's expanding their horizon as to um who you are as a person yeah that's really interesting yeah they would never do that here no no because it's like the it's it's almost thinking about like the company that you keep and so many people keep like terrible company so yeah right exactly (laughs) and the and the credit reporting bureaus are making so much money off of oh, this yeah. anyway and yeah. they have their data breaches and like all this shit so it's yeah. like they it's such it's so tied into the politics but that's so like wonderful yeah. because you're right like a credit score is just like it's looking at your credit history if you make your payments on time and if your amount of um your debt to income ratio yes, exactly yeah. which should be at a third yeah um i think uh tip wise i would say if you don't, if you're trying to build credit during that secured credit card piece, um, I'd also say like look at resources online that are free. Um, Nerd wallet. I was gonna say mm-hmm. like I just got a credit card because um, I'm trying to balance out my debt to income ratio and I'm trying to do a balance transfer um, and, and negotiate that so I have a a, a year and some with no um, APR on that so I can pay it down sooner hopefully. Is it a Citibank um, card? Uh, they have a really good balance transfer. I card. think so. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's not Citibank. Oh. Capital One. Oh, they have because um, they have really re- good rewards as well. Oh, they're for miles. They have good. Miles. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. So <laughs> and my credit card number is. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Drinks uh, on Shamita. <laughs> um, but find information that is out there that's free. Like Nerd Wallet is a great one. That's where I did a, a number of searches to try to figure out like what. Like I have, a, I have a really good credit score. So like, what's the best APR I can get? Like, what are the rewards? Like, is there an annual fee? So read some of the good information that's out there for free. Um, the Budget Nista. I'm sure if you just type in the Budget Nista, um, the Facebook group, free to join. Lots of information. Um, I follow the Finance Bar, the Financial Gym, um, GYM. Um, I have to interrupt to say that for somebody who has such a vulnerable, like, doesn't want to talk about. Uh, 
money. Like you are involved in so many groups. That's it's actually awesome. I feel like that's like how you break out of like not wanting to talk about it is by yeah. first listening to other people talk about it, oh, yeah. and then you can start joining in. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Good for you joining um, those Facebook. But groups. I read a lot of stuff on that. Like I find a lot of like most of these have like Twitter accounts or like Instagram, or you just like pick up these nuggets. So like open yourself up to listening and reading and following these folks on different forms of social media because you'll learn so much. Um, and then um, I would say be patient with yourself. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. Um, so be patient with yourself. Have a, a, a spirit of grace and forgiveness with yourself if you go down a slight path. But like be willing to course correct yourself um, in terms of your spending and how you, you're thinking about money because I think those um, when we're able to be kinder to ourselves, we're going to get farther and like start to move actually towards our goals when we realize, okay, like maybe I didn't want to do this. So let me course correct and go this way. Mm. And rather than beating yourself up about it, like, okay, how do I get back? You know, how do I, you know, realign for next month or next week? Um, and the other thing I would say is, um, start to talk to people about like money and whatnot. Um, uh, while it can be difficult and challenging, um, and realize that like you're gonna be engaging with people from a place of learning. Um, I do a workshop through um, my employer, the university, and I've done it on campus and I got invited to do it off campus. And I think I'm speaking maybe sometime in the fall at Bank of America, because they liked my presentation of it, around salary negotiations and women. So kind of jumping real quick back to that, that yeah. secret spreadsheet that you talked about <laughs> for all like the women in tech that are high up. Um, talking about um, salary and how to negotiate. Um, and I know I've shared this with a few of my colleagues and folks that see me as their mentor um, around salary and whatnot. Um, and kind of managing the expectations. I mean like, okay, this is my salary now. I have 10, uh, 13, 14 years of like concrete postgraduate experience. So like, I don't count my like two years of graduate school as part of my professional work. And I've worked and I've had these kinds of experience and whatnot. So it's not like this amount of years equals this. So helping people understand that, just because I say this is my salary for this position, remember, we're not the same person. We will each individually bring things in um, to a position and whatnot. And you know, I've been in, I've been able to eke my way into positions or like show my value to folks um, in different ways, but be willing to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, I think as a person hearing that, I have to be mindful of my expectation when I hear those things. Um, Cause I've been, like everybody is unique in their own way, whatever that means. But I've worked with some folks who were like, well, Shamina got it, so then of course I should get it too. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're comparing me to you and we're not the same. We're not the same. We don't bring That's the same really things. Good point. Um, so just because you hear that this person got this, that doesn't mean equal. that equals you getting that same thing. Cause you don't know what they had to go through to get that. Um, so I always tell people like, listen, but then think about it for yourself rather than like the curse of comparison of like, you're not that person. You, you bring different things, you have different value and how do you, how do you communicate those things in terms of um, your value to an organization? So yeah. Yeah, oh, that was so good. That and, so good. Um, something you said about the salary negotiation and something you said at the very beginning of the show, it's now illegal for employers to yeah. ask, mm-hmm. ask for uh, salary history. So yeah. if you're in negotiations and 
somehow that question comes up in anywhere in your interview process, you better yeah. check them or sue them, get yeah, more money. Yeah. So well, and a lot of places <laughs> haven't scrubbed their like online applications after you go through the dreaded upload your stuff and then fill it all in again. Um, I just seen on somebody. I've been in another like therapy for black girls group, and they were talking about like replying for a job, and they're like, I don't know what to put for the salary because it's a drop down menu, and I was like. Put the zero to whatever, because first of all, no employer thinks you're going to be making zero if you if you have like a title at a company, clearly. Um, <laughs> right. Or put zero in, like little tip nugget, put zero in. Yeah. You're not working for free, clearly. No. Right, let them come to you. Yeah, yeah, so you're answering the question. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't need to know that. Right. I know yeah, a lot that's of... part of reading. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? I know a lot of companies too now that I've heard are asking when somebody accepts with their company but has had other offers, in, especially in the in the Valley, they're asking for what those other offers just happen to be so that they can get a really clear view of like what kind of hmm. salaries people... And do you give them... You can because if you accepted a job with them, oh, because you've already oh, you, you already, already accepted. accepted. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yeah, okay. not before they've accepted. No, like oh, you, yes, I will come work with you. By the way, what were your other offers? Because we want to get a clearer picture of like what the what the valley is doing. I know several companies are doing that now, which is actually oh, kind of smart. Like, yeah. yeah, smart. You know, once you accept it, it, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They like because you know they do surveys of like what salaries are in the Bay Area and in the tech industry, and they're like four years old. You know, they can't, yeah, it's like takes a year or forty eight months or something like that to get the answer. And so with this, it's kind of like on the ground, like gorilla, yeah, right. <laughs> like figuring yeah. it out. You know what, what um, other companies are offering in the same industry, which is you mm-hmm. know, which is valuable. I think, yeah, so that they know, like, oh, we're way underpaying this person, or oh shit, like we're way yeah. underpaying them. Like, let's recalibrate, or yeah. it's too late right. now. But yeah. I think that's really, it's a cool thing to do. All right. Oh gosh, I feel really fulfilled. Yeah, I, I like want to go back home, like cancel my plans with my friends, and just be on like you like, need a budget all night. Ten dollars in your right. In like your, I just want to do that yeah, today. Every, every dollar has a job. Well, yeah. um, that was awesome, and Karina, you're an awesome co-host. Thank you so much for having segment. me. That was awesome. Um, we are gonna take a much needed break, and we'll be right back. So um, we are back for Ask a Boss. Uh, if you have any questions, please um, email us at headbosspodcast at gmail.com. And I just have a fun question for all three of us. And uh, this comes up every time um, I get into heated arguments about uh, Beyonce's repertoire, <laughs> Michael Jackson's repertoire, really any of the greats in the music industry. And oftentimes uh, the media will put these labels of, so-and-so is an icon and so-and-so is a legend and sometimes they're alive and sometimes they're dead and um, I think I think the terms are interchangeable but sometimes they do have distinct definitions so I thought it'd be fun to say to ask for the industry you work in or maybe an industry that you know you've always wanted to be in but you know you're probably not gonna be in it whatever whatever industry would you be, rather be considered an icon or a legend okay both. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, is my answer. Thank you. Uh, right. I'll start to give you some time to think. 
So, um, I would rather be considered an icon. And just to give a little bit of contextual information for this, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not completely in the entertainment industry, but I will get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, and an example that I have is Rihanna. Um, I think Rihanna is one of the very few long-lasting icons because icons tend to have a cutoff date, right? It's, mm-hmm. It usually depends on the the people and like what we see as trendy. But I think um, what translates for me and what Rihanna has done really well because she's not a legend; she's definitely an icon. Where um, she builds this brand that is everlasting. It changes like Rihanna looks very different now. Mm-hmm. Not looks yes. wise, looks different now versus tw- uh, two thousand five when she first came out. On the replay, right? But in all those years, that was still Rihanna, right? The Rihanna then is not different from the Rihanna now. Like I, she can, she has been able to change and mold, um, but still stay true to herself, and that's so hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. To um, I, because I'm growing. I'm gonna be interested in different things as I grow up, but you look at my history and it's very linear. It's just naturally progresses from one to the other. So okay. I like that and knowing myself where like I'm a photographer and I'm a, a th- an actor and a dancer and those things look very disparate. But if you know how to do it really well, that speaks volumes to a community that may want to tap into many different things. Um, so yeah, I'd rather be an icon in my industry um, and I will do it well because I'll learn from the greats. Do you want to argue? Yeah, I can go. Um, I think I agree. I think when I think of legend, and especially as you just described it, I, I that resonates with me because I think legend was kind of like they did this one thing and they did it really well and it like led to all this other stuff, but it was like that was their brand and they just stuck to that, whether it was in 1970 or 1990 or, ni- or 2018. Whereas an icon, as you said, was kind of evolving with the times, but you still knew who that person was. I think that is important that's that's like I think especially nowadays when things change every week you know back in the day like it took a little bit of time but now with Twitter and everything like everything changes mm-hmm. I think being iconic means that you can um roll with it but still be true to yourself whereas a legend you're kind of just like you're that is you and if things change around you if that doesn't work you know maybe it'll come back around again but like you were just known for that one thing an icon is like consistent. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. I'm gonna go legend. All right. Um, because I see legend as I guess in a similar, similarly opposite to the icon in that like they are known, like they're a staple, they're reliable. You know, it's always gonna be a quality product. Um, it is. I see it as something that is timeless, so it doesn't need to change with the times. Mm-hmm. It can just. It will sustain itself. Yeah. Um, and so, two people. I think about that. One person and then one uh, group. One is Anita Baker. Yeah. Because um, I feel like she is number one. She's on her um, farewell tour after being like silent for years, wow. and she's selling out. And like I'm seeing the girls go crazy over like. The her longevity, like yeah. she sounds the same. She is giving you the vocals that like were twenty years ago, but it sounds the same live now as it did then. Um, and then the other one I think is um, and this is like the churchy in me, like the Clark sisters, which Wendy Williams tried to drag like a month or so oh, ago. I saw that. And then like, no, don't do that to the Clark. First of all, don't do that to God's child, oh, God, God's children. So. Bad. so um, 
but they are a group of gospel women. And I remember when I was younger hearing them like on a vinyl record, because that's, you know, before CDs and um, tapes were coming around. Um, but they are consistent with their message. They have been like, they don't change. They still sing the same music, um, but it's not like same music. Like it sounds like it's from 1983, but it sounds like they have sustained and like their audience has sustained and they've gotten new, the, the new audience has come on board. Um, so those are folks that I see as legendary. Like they are staples, they're reliables, but they're so good that you can't deny that they are like they're legends to use the same word, like they're legends. Mm -hmm. They're going to be there. What's cool. I think about being a legend is that you have the confidence to know that even if like you're kind of out of the times now that the times are going to come back around because yeah. everything like circles back. Yeah. So what was popular then, you know, like you're just like, I'm going to still do my thing. And in 10 years, like people yeah. are still going to find well, me again. The other one I was trying to think of, cause I had another individual, but I'm thinking Janet Jackson to me is legendary. Oh, like sure. she went away after Nipplegate with uh, Justin Timberfake. And then like, she's back and the girls are going crazy. And she's giving, she's, it's not like she's like busting out all this new music, but you know, like, this is Janet. She's going to show up. She's going to show all the way the hell out. And then you're going to be like, what happened to me just now? Like, mm -hmm. but yeah. So, and Janet's a perfect one. Uh, also very few people. Um, cause I don't think all icons can turn into legends. Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. think legends lean to, I think legends is more terminal. I don't mm -hmm. think I have an example of a legend turning into an icon. Oh, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, she has transgressed, you know, uh, translated into the legend I can't think of an example and is it possible to be both hmm. I think I think At more so like an icon no no I don't think yeah so. I, think I think an could... icon will turn into a legend yeah like, later yeah I would agree because at the time, they're like, my example is Barbara Streisand. <laughs> because oh. Oh my at the gosh, time, yeah. she's changing her music. You know, she went through like the 70s and she did Broadway and whatever. And then now she just sings her like one album mm -hmm. like over and over and everybody lives for it. And yeah. then they like sell out, you know, because now she's legendary and she doesn't have to try like yeah. to change her. She's a good example yeah. of starting icon then legend. I was going to say that a similar... Um, to Barbara Streisand is Bette Midler. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Whose sure. Twitter is fire, by the oh, way. Oh my god! In case, I know. In case you don't follow insane. her on Twitter, yeah. like or she, share, or like she does the most. Right, too. and like well respected the yeah, most because right? you know the people get out as like yeah. comment Sam, like <laughs> yeah, quiet. who's gonna come for them? Yeah, no. right. It's Bette Midler. Yeah, she has a lot to say about. Um, oh yes, the, the <laughs> I composer love um, of Phantom of the Opera. Um, Andrew Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, oh, I love that conversation. Thank you for joining me on the ride. we realize we've been going long thanks for listening if you've gotten this far so i have a bevy of bosses and bitches but i'm going to roll them down to one boss one bitch i'll start with the one bitch um so in the news the new york times uh the title of the article is white manager pleads guilty to forcing black cook to work for years without pay um there was a de the defendant was bobby paul edwards 53 he says he used he said he used Violence, threats, isolation, intimidation against 
um, a black man between the years of 2009 to 2014. He beat him with a belt, punched him, hit him with pots and pans, and burned the bare neck of his his bare neck with hot tongs, um, all while not paying him uh, to be a chef in a restaurant. Um, this came out in 2014, so not long after he kind of the young man was removed from that situation. The young man has a number of uh, mental dis uh, mental disabilities in terms of his capacity to like understand and speak for himself. Um, and this guy, um, the white guy, because um, the um, the individual that was being harmed is a, a black man. Um, was recently found guilty, duh, of, uh, let's see, uh, human trafficking through forced labor um, was the charge, and there was a few other charges um, in terms of basically coming up against somebody who had an intellectual dis intellectual disability, um, and he's being sentenced in the next month. So bitch to him for thinking in any world that that was okay, um, but it's just yet another example of... Um, I'm not even gonna go there because I'm gonna go long if I go there. So, bitch to him for doing that shitty stuff. Like, whoever thought that that was an okay thing. And I really do hope they throw him under the jail. Like, I can't believe that that was a thing that was happening. And I hope they throw him under the jail. Um, so, I will go quickly into my boss. Um, oh, shoot, I lost my boss. But it is Melody Hobson. She is taking over um, as the vice chair for Starbucks. Um, when the vice chair steps down, Melody Hobson is huge in the financial world, world in terms of investing. She's a black woman. Um, slight shade because I'm like, y'all had all these issues and now you want to make the announcement that a black woman is going to come in yet again and save the day. So that was not lost on me. But um, shout out to her. She like low-key slays. She's married to um, like uh, a white guy who's really famous for like Star Wars type stuff. Um... I can't think of his name. He has a ranch in Marin. Like, if you go to Marin. George Lucas. Yes, she is married to George Lucas. So they are, like, rolling. They sleep in piles of $100 bills, I'm sure. Um, but she is taking over for uh, at Starbucks as the vice. I think it's, like, the vice chair. Um, replacing perhaps Charles Schwartz, I think is his name. Or Schultz, excuse me. Um, so shout out to her for coming in and hopefully getting them together. I have loved every time I've heard her speak or when she ever appears on um, a news outlet, and she's got a really good TED Talk called, I think, Colorblind, uh, Colorblind something else. But if you uh, Google her name, she'll come up as her TED Talk. Um, I've used it in my work and just the way that she talks about how she's shown up as a black woman um, in uh, the financial industry. So shout out to her for um, being a head boss. So, yeah. So... Um... Mine is more of a read. Uh, it's not really... I, uh, the people who are bitches right now is society, and maybe there are even some specific people that I know um, that will fall into this category, and Shamina, you're not one of them, yeah. as I preface this. Yeah. Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, and Avicii. Recent folks, a lot of us have different relationships with these people, and once again, the commonality are folks who are really well known, have succeeded in life, and have taken their own life. I am really tired of living in a world um, of folks who, I get it, life is busy. 
you got to put yourself before other people. And if you have a partner, I get that, right? And we go through this tornado of life, responsibilities and whatnot. And then things happen and you wonder, oh, like, oh, that's like, they never gave any signs. Like, what's going on? Oh my gosh, like, you would have never expected. And I'm getting tired of hearing the never expected because you have these folks who are in high performing, high self-reliance, very independent people. Why do we have to wait for them to show signs of weakness? Why do we have to wait until they do something that could actually even be detrimental to their career? And then we might be quick to say, oh, you're just like, you've fallen off the bandwagon. And we attribute it to them as a person and maybe not this thing that's going through their mind that's consuming them for years, years, and years. But because you were too consumed in your own world to even acknowledge maybe they were showing the signs maybe you were just ignoring them and just thinking about you as the person when sometimes it's as simple as saying how are you doing that's sometimes all you have to do is just check in and say how are you doing but no you pretend to care right through actions that might not even attribute to caring but you don't you don't put yourself in the position where if you're going to put yourself in the position of friend then be the friend and reach out and I understand love languages. Some people care in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to tell the person, this is how I'm caring. And then when you ask them, how can I help, mean that. Mm-hmm. Actually have a plan to say how you can help that person. Don't just put it out there just because it makes you feel better. And so I'm reading all those people out there who have the audacity to be surprised by this when you could have played a bigger part in that person's life. because. It is a very complicated world. It takes a village. And as much as we live in a society that pressures us to have a lot of self-reliance and be independent, we would not be here today if it wasn't just for our parents or our loved ones or whatnot. But even all those people who are second or third degrees of separation from us, every single person that walks by us has a part in our life. And you need to understand the impact that has. So if you say, how are you? How can I help? Mean it. Thanks for listening to us. Please follow us on all our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and um, SoundCloud, of course. That's our main platform. And then interact with us. We want to hear your thoughts on the episode. Review us. Um, Critique us. We're open. So we'll be back in a couple weeks. And take care. Bye. Got one twenty five on the day.